Good morning, free worship. So good to see each one of you with us today. Turn on the house lights. Just take a few moments and at least smile at somebody before you sit down. Give them a smile. And thank you, praise team. We appreciate it. You may be seated all over the house. We're in the, coming to the end of our rerun series. Probably got another week or two in it, but coming towards the, the end. And today we're coming out of a series that we did that was called Uncommon. Uncommon. I don't know if y'all remember that series with the green gold fish. Is there such a thing as a green gold fish? I don't know. I don't have fish. I don't, I don't know. But it's uncommon. It's uncommon. And the word uncommon means not common. Right? So the word uncommon means rare. Uh, the word uncommon means exceptional or above the ordinary or unusual uh, if you would. And so this was an uncommon series that we shared. And we're going to share a piece of that word with you today. Genesis chapter number 26. The Bible says at the beginning, verse number 1, it says, Now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. In other words, the Bible said, don't get it confused. There's another famine in the land. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all the lands, and I will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give them all the lands, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commandments, my decrees, and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, She is my sister, because he was afraid to say, She is my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill him on account of Rebekah because she was beautiful. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summons Isaac and says, She is really your wife. Why did you say that she is my sister? Isaac answered and said, Because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the men might have well slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people. Anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Isaac planted crops in the land, and in the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. I want to preach a message that I entitled today, Uncommon Obedience. Uncommon Obedience. And if you look at our generation today, it is uncommon to find obedience. And I want to talk about a rare obedience, an uncommon obedience. Obedience and obedience that goes even beyond. So I thought about it. even even obedience in the simplest form is not really honored in today's 
world. And trust me, I, I teach high schoolers. I know what I'm talking about. Obedience is, obedience is getting more and more uh, difficult, uh, if you would. Almost like o- obedience within itself is, is rare. And so what I want to look at today is not really obedience in society, but I want to look at obedience in the house of God. And so I thought about it. I really could probably even inter- interchange this with obedience, uncommon obedience with uncommon respect. There's not a lot of, no, that's a Sunday, that's a, that's a school teacher right there talking about, come on. <laughs> Listen, because they know, man, I tell you, some of these kids and the way they talk to adults and teachers and parents, I'm telling you, I'd have found myself about two rooms over <laughs> if I'd have talked to my dad the way some people talk. Not my kids, but a lot of kids talk kind of rough, man. I'd find myself getting sheetrock out my teeth. I mean, you know what I'm, yeah, okay, I better keep that. Yeah, I know what I'm, some of you know what I'm. I'm talking about, listen, it's a sad reality when you think about just, just plain obedience today. So how does a pastor come into a pulpit and try and teach on a rare, unusual, to another level, if you would, obedience? But what if I did that today? What if I said today I want to teach free worship how to have an uncommon obedience? How to have an obedience that is rare amongst all other obedience, if you will. I'm talking about an uncommon obedience one where you hear God's voice and you actually listen listen one where you read his word and you actually obey the word that he has given you in other words you do whatever it is that Christ tells you to do and so when you look at the Bible the Bible is really divided into two parts we know it's the Old Testament and the New Testament but watch this how about the person of Christ and the principles of Christ yeah, yeah, the Bible can be divided, if you would, in the, in the two of them. One is, watch this, one is the life of God, the other is the law of God. And so when you look at the Bible, instead of seeing it as the Old Testament and seeing it as the no, uh, a New Testament, think of it like this, life of, of God in you and the life of God around you. Watch this, the person of Christ prepares us for eternity. The principle of Christ prepares you to live on earth. Yeah, yeah, just think about that just for a few moments. The, the person of Christ, if you would, he prepares us for heaven for eternity, but the principles of Christ prepare us for heaven on earth. Heaven right here where we are even today. That's the difference in the person of Christ and the principles of Christ. But the Bible says here in the book of, of Genesis, as I read in the Scripture, that there was a famine in the land. In other words, things were bad. Listen, in, in other words, eggs were $4 a dozen. You know, I mean, things were bad. In other words, they're, they're, the food was scarce, so there was no baby formula, if you would, uh, on the shelves. But they found themselves uh, in, a, in a famine. And so I want to just go ahead and set the record straight today. God's not intimidated by a famine. Listen, God's not intimidated by our scarcity here on earth. He's not intimidated by our circumstances that we face right here. Listen, what you are facing today and what you may see around you may scare you. But get an understanding of this. It doesn't scare God. Listen, it does not scare God. Listen, God has not got an appointment with some psychiatrist because he's worried about what's going on here on earth. Listen, I know it may make you worry, but listen, it's not worrying our God, and I think that's something we need to get an understanding. I think it will bring an inner peace to us when we understand that the very things that worry us are not worrying. Listen, are not worrying the God that we serve. Listen, I know you're worrying about and you're wondering about how you're going to get your next bill paid. But listen, God's not wondering. Listen, God is not wondering and God is not, is not worrying. So I think we need to just get that established today. Because we've got to have an understanding that God actually specializes in little. 
Listen, when things are scarce, guess what? God can really specialize. When, when, when things are bleak, God can really specialize um, in those things. If you don't believe me, ask the kid with the two-piece fish dinner. Listen, isn't it amazing how God took that, and yet 5,000 men got to sit down to a catered meal? Listen, you know why? Because little is much when God's in it. Listen, God can do a lot with a little. And so you got to get an understanding. I want you to hear this. If you don't hear anything else, listen, God can take your problem. God can take your circumstance and whatever it is that you've got going on, and it is an opportunity for him to show off. Listen, get that in your spirit. Say, wait a minute. What I'm going through is actually an opportunity for God to show off. And so in essence, what God is saying is if you'll take the person of Christ and trust the principles of Christ, then God says, I can show off. I can show off. I can show off in, in your life. But the problem is, listen, many of us have the person of Christ, but we're missing out on the principles of Christ. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about obedience. Talking about the obedience, that's the principles of, of Christ. I mean, the church is good with the person of Christ. But we've got to get good with the principles, if you would, of, 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 of Christ. And so here in Genesis, listen, Isaac was facing a, a famine. Look at your neighbor, go and tell him God's bigger than your famine. Listen, no, 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 go tell somebody, God is bigger than your famine. Listen, I don't know where you may be feeling famished at, but listen, God is bigger than your famine. Listen, that's why I told Jeremiah, he said, behold, I am the Lord God. Is there anything too hard? Listen, is there anything too hard for your God? Listen, it might be too hard for you, but God sent me this way to tell you it's not too hard for him. Listen, it's not too hard for him. You may be fretting your situation. Listen, but God says, listen, I can do amazing things right in the midst of your situation. A lot of times what's going on is God's just wanting us to realize that he's the answer. Listen, God's wanting us to realize that, that he is the solution. He wants uh, people to be able to see us. So, wait a minute, Chad's struggling just a little bit. Yeah, but you know what? God is my solution. Listen, God is, God is my answer. Watch this. I wrote this down. I believe God's asking, can I write your story and show forth my glory? Listen, can I write your story and show forth, show forth my glory? So this would happen if your script takes a dip. Can he still show forth? His glory in your story. Listen, if you're just getting to understand, nothing's ever wasted with God. Oh, I think it's T.D. Jakes that preached a really good message. There's no famine ever wasted with God. Listen, there's no scarcity. There's no bad times in America that are wasted with God because God will use everything. Listen, God will use your story for his glory. Listen, he'll use your story. Whatever, whatever your story is being written, wherever you may be, whatever chapter you may be in your book, guess what? God can use it for his glory. Look at verse number 6. Isaac wanted to head down to, to Egypt. And God says, nope. I want you to stay right where you are. I don't want you going anywhere. I want you to stay right there. And I know Isaac had to be there. Whoa, time out. Stay in a famine? Why do I have to stay? Why can't I be like Naomi and Ruth? Why can't I go to where there's more food? Why can't you send me to another land because there is a famine? And God told me, nah, uh I want you to stay right where you are. Listen, I want you to stay right in your famine. And listen, so often we think of God as some kind of genie in a bottle that we can rub, you know, and all of a sudden get what we want. 
And you may say, no, nah, I never rubbed a bottle. No, you may not, but I guarantee you've dropped to your knees and you say, God, this is how I need this situation fixed. God, this is exactly how I need it done. You ever? I know you've done God that way. God, this is the way I need it fixed. Heavenly Father, here's what I think is best for my situation. God, there's a famine and I need you to zap me to a brand new location. God, there's trouble in the land and I need you to move me on past this trouble. God, I need you to get me out of this mess that you probably got yourself into in the first place. But God, here it is. I need you to get me out of it. I need you to remove me from this situation right here. Ooh, y'all know I can preach right here, y'all. I mean, y'all, y'all getting a little antsy on me. Y'all were good as long as I circled the neighborhood. I'm pulling some of the driveways. Y'all don't mean I'll pass a stay in the car. Stay in the car, stay in the car, stay in the car. Don't get antsy on me. Listen, but we do that. Every single one of us do that. Listen, we, we get on our knees and we pray to God and we tell God how to fix the situation. We tell God how we want it to be fixed. God, we think this is best. We think this is the way that it should be fixed. And Isaac did the same thing. He said, God, you know what? I want to go down to Egypt because with this famine and everything going on, I can go down there and there'll be plenty of food. And God says, nah, that's not the way I want to fix this, Isaac. This, this is not the way the story is going to end, Isaac. This is not the way that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. Listen, so I want to tell us, stop running from your problems. Listen, and trust God right in the midst of whatever problem you are facing. Even Listen, you can't run from every problem anyway. We think we want to run from, from every problem. We think it would be easier if we run from the problem. Listen, divorce court ain't as easy as it seems. I'm just saying, can I get a witness in here? I'm just It's not. You, you just can't run from every single problem. But right here in verse number 3, God told Isaac, he said, I want you to stay right where you are. I don't want you to move. Until I say move. And can I tell you, there's some things worse than a famine. And that's moving before God says move. <laughs> listen, listen, that's, that's moving before God gives you the okay. Before God gives you the okay to move. But thank God, verse number 6. Do y'all see the scripture? In verse number 6, the Bible says, And Isaac stayed in Gerar. In other words, Isaac stayed put. Listen, that's where the Bible comes and says obedience is better Help me. Yeah, obedience is better than sacrifice. Listen, you got to get this because obedience always unleashes God's favor. Did you hear what all I read in the scripture or what all God did for Isaac because Isaac was faithful and obedient to stay? Listen, obedience is always better than sacrifice. Listen, it was Job that says, if they obey and serve him, watch this, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Y'all better write that one down. Listen, if they'll just obey and serve him, they will spend all their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Isaiah said it like this. He says, if you are willing and obedient and shall eat the good of the lamb, watch this, but if you refuse and rebel, you will be eaten by the sword. Y'all said, that's prosperity preaching, Pastor. I don't, I don't like prosperity. Y'all don't like prosperity preaching? I, do. I ain't going to lie to you. I do. I mean, what y'all want, poor mouth preaching? Now I, now, I had a preacher say to me one time, he said, man, you, man, you like that? You like that prosperity preaching? I sure do. Listen, God said above all, I wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Listen, I know some of you are thinking, hold up, hold up, time out, time out, Pastor. I have obeyed. I have paid. I'm living right. But I'm still on the struggle bus. I know some of y'all think that. I, I have paid. I have obeyed. I'm living right, but I'm still on the struggle. But guess what? Isaac stayed and obeyed, but yet he was still in a famine. He, he was still on the struggle bus, if you would, even right there. But this is where we get conflicted at. Because this is where we begin to war with our flesh and with our faith. 
Listen, th- this is where we get, begin to war because God ain't snatching us out of our situation. This is where we begin to war with our flesh and with our faith. But look at verse number 8. The Bible says, And one day after they had been there quite a long time. Somebody shout long time. Listen, they've been there a long time. I know how we pray. God, I'm going to trust you in this famine, but you got to make it quick. <laughs> God, I'm good with the famine. Just could you hurry up? God, I'm good with the famine. I mean, listen, many of us start out trusting. Listen, many of us start out being obedient. Many of us start out start out trusting and serving and tithing and, and doing right and reaching other people, but we just don't make it for the long haul. Did you notice in the scripture the Bible says that Isaac was there for a long time? When is the last time you shouted, Take your time, God? Yeah, God just, God don't get in a hurry. I'm good right where I'm at. God, I'm good in this family. Don't, don't rush things. When's the last time you did that? You, we don't do it like that. No, no, we've been shouting, God, you got to hurry up. God, you have got to get me out of this. And that's where it gets difficult. Listen, it gets difficult when you have to look at what you are expecting and what you are experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, gets really, it gets really difficult in life when, when you have to believe God for something, but yet you look at what you are, are going through. That's, that's the wait time. Listen, that, that is the wait time between planting your seed and waiting for it to produce. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the wait time. Yeah, I've given and Yeah, I've paid and Yeah, I've been obedient. It, it's difficult. I don't preach the message. I need to look that message up. I bring it up all the time. I hate to wait. Y'all remember I preached that? We had the roller coaster. Y'all remember, anybody remember that? <laughs> had the roller coaster. On. I, I hate to wait. Listen, we all hate to wait. Just be honest. We've gotten so used to microwave, we want our blessings that way. You know what I mean? We're so, we're so quick to get everything exactly as quick as we want it, and we want everything in a hurry. Listen, we want to be able to plant today and have a harvest tomorrow. But the Bible said Isaac waited for a, watch this, he waited for a long time. Y'all act like I'm not telling you the truth. Y'all know y'all come down here on Sunday, you pray for your healing on Sunday, and you expect the God to give you a clean bill of health on Monday. I mean, that's just the way we work. We say, God, I'm praying for my healing, and when I go to the doctor tomorrow, God, I'm expecting The Bible says he waited a long time. Listen, you want to invest your money today and get a, a pay dividends tomorrow, but the Bible says he waited a, watch this, a long time. Time. Listen, if we, could, if we could plant today and reap tomorrow, then we wouldn't need Paul's scripture where it says, don't you grow weary in well-doing. For if you reap, if you, if you sow, you will. <laughs> For when you reap, if you faint, not. I messed that one up. <laughs> Paul says, you're going to reap it if you won't give up in the wait. How about that? Paul says, if you just won't give up, if you'll just trust God in the wait. So I don't know how many of you have given up. I don't know how many of you are about to give up. But listen, don't quit before your harvest. Ooh, I thought of it like this. I see a sprout, so don't get out. Listen, I see a sprout. Listen, don't give up before your harvest. Not yet. It's time to, to hang on and to hold on. And I'm telling you, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a struggle. It's a struggle between our flesh and it's a struggle between our faith. It's a struggle between trusting and, and obeying. Listen, it's, it's that struggle because, see, your faith will tell you to sow a seed Listen, where, where your flesh is saying, no, nah, just go buy you a new car. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle between your faith and, and your flesh because faith to say you got to plant a harvest. Listen, your flesh will say, just go buy the harvest. Listen, think about it. Your faith to say you got to give when the flesh says, says keep. Listen, faith says now. The flesh says, no, nah, I'll wait till next week. Listen, your faith says keep trying. Listen, your faith be trying. When your flesh be tripping. Come on, I'm just saying. It's a struggle. 
Listen, we all struggle between flesh and, and faith. Listen, we, we struggle between that time that we've got to plan and wait on the harvest to, to come. But look at verse number 7. The Bible says that he waited for a long time. But watch this. Verse number 7 says that he was afraid. Now, I want you to see this in the Scripture because the Bible says that, that he was afraid. Watch this. And that's what happens because faith and fear. Watch this. I want you to write this down. Faith and fear produce the same results. Now, I need to let that marinate just a minute because that don't sound right, does it? Listen, faith... And fear produce the same results. Here's what they do. They both show what you believe. Listen, just think about it. Faith and fear produce the same results because they both show what you believe. Listen, if you put your faith in something, guess what? It shows. But if you're fearful of something, guess what? Yeah, guess what? It shows as well. And the Bible says that he, Isaac was afraid. And the Bible says that he was afraid to say that she is my wife. And you got to get this because fear is always trying to destroy your faith. And you better believe the enemy knows what you are afraid of. Listen, the enemy knows where you're scared. Listen, the, the enemy knows where you're faithless. And the enemy knows where you, where you struggle. And so where you are in life and where your situation has you, listen, the enemy knows, and he knows where you're fearful, and he knows where your faith is. Listen, and I'm telling you, where you are in life and where your situation has you can be traced to where the enemy knows that you are fearful. I know that don't make a lot of sense. You've got to kind of put it, got to put it all together. And so when the enemy pulls the trigger on your fear, he shoots to destroy your faith. That's, that's what he does. He, he knows what he's doing. You better believe the bullet that he has in his gun that is planned for you, it's got your fear written all over it. And whenever he shoots, he shoots to kill your faith. Listen, he always shoots to kill something that is near and dear. Listen, he don't just shoot and hope that he hits. No, no, when he shoots, he makes sure he hits, and he targets that very thing that's most dear to you. Watch this. For Isaac, that bullet of fear was his wife. Yeah, yeah, you got to see that because look at verse number 7. The Bible says, for he was afraid to say, she is my wife. Now, if you back up a little bit, he said this. He said, she's my sister. She is my sister. He's like, no, nah, she, she's not my wife. No, 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 no. She, she's my, my sister. And I know you may think, well, why would that be a target for the enemy? Why does that make any sense that the enemy would be, would be targeting that or that make that a fear? Watch this. It is because his daddy did the exact same thing. Listen, that's why it was a target for the enemy because in Genesis chapter number 12, watch this, Abraham lied about Sarah being his wife. They looked at Abraham and he said, oh no, she's, she's my sister. And so then here you have Isaac and he is re repeating the exact same pattern that was set by his dad. Now listen, you can call it lying, you can call it deceit, you can call it a little white lie, you can call it a little black lie, listen, call it whatever you want. Here's what I call it, it's a generational curse. Yeah, yeah, and the enemy knew that he was targeting, watch this, a generational curse. And watch this, and until you call it what it is, your seed will not bring forth a harvest. Listen, until you call it what it is, it's a generational, it's a generational curse. But watch what the Word said. The Word says that God sent King, what, that God sent King uh, Abimelech to call Isaac out. Listen, God, God sent him to show up and say, well, time out a minute. What I saw in the window, want your sister. Read it in the message Bible. It's real good. Listen, he said, what, what I saw in the window, he said, it, it wants your sister. Matter of fact, he said, what I saw in the window, it better been your wife. Listen, what, what I was peering through that window and I saw, it had better been 
your wife. And listen, God sent me this way to tell you it's time to call out what it is you've been dealing with. Let's go and call it out as a generational curse. Listen, some of you have been dodging it long enough, but God said to go on and call it what it is. Listen, because your seed cannot bring forth the harvest that it is to bring forth until you call it what it is. Uh, listen, I know some of you hear that. Your daddy lied. Guess what? You lied. I call it a generational curse. Listen, your mama was negative and now you negative. Guess what? I'm going to call it. It's a generational curse. Listen, some of you grew up in lack and you're still living in lack. Go on and call it what it is. It's a generational curse. Listen, ask God to deal with the generational curse in your life. You have to deal with it. Listen, some of your parents never committed to church. I dare you to commit. Listen, I dare you to go and commit. Say, you know, I'm breaking that generational curse. I don't want it on my life. Listen, both my grandparents were drunks. They were, guess what? But I decree and declare, not in my family. Listen, we're breaking that generational curse in Jesus' name. Listen, we're breaking that generational curse. Look at your neighbor and tell them you got to break it. Go and tell them you got to break that generation. Listen, here's why it's so important. Listen, because it wasn't until his generational curse was called out. Listen, it wasn't until it was called out. Now look at verse number 12. I'm reading to you out of KJB. Then Isaac sowed. After his generational curse had been called out. Listen, you're lying just like your daddy, Isaac. Don't even, uh, don't even play. You're lying just like him. And then he was called out. Watch this. In verse number 12, the Bible says, Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. I knew y'all would like that. I'm going to read it to you one more time. Isaac sowed in the land, and he received in the same year, watch this, a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Write this one down. Uncommon obedience tied to an uncommon seed will always bring an uncommon harvest. Come on, somebody. Listen, an uncommon obedience tied to an uncommon seed will always bring an uncommon harvest. Let me give you a few things about seed and then, and then I'm done. Ronald, you can come on. Just, I'm going to give them to you quickly. Watch. Number one, your seed is a bridge. Yeah, watch this. Your seed is a bridge. Listen, it is a bridge from where you are to where you want to be. Come on, you need to hear this today. Your seed is a bridge. Now, if you find where you are, then just stay where you are. But if you need to get out of where you are, listen, you got to sow a seed. I'm just saying, your seed, your seed is a bridge. Is there, you say, well, Pastor, I can't afford a bridge. Yes, you can. Listen, your seed is a bridge. And you say, well, Pastor, not with what I got going on right now. Guess what? Isaac was in a famine. Listen, Isaac was in a famine, yet he still sowed. Listen, he still sowed a seed. He sowed what he had. Listen, he could have said, you know what? I'm just going to survive this. No, no, no. He sowed a seed. He sowed a, he sowed a seed. Listen, the very reason some of you are staying right where you are, you need to plant a seed that will build a bridge to carry you away from where you are. Listen, away from where you grew up, away from the way it's just always been, your seed can be a bridge. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, in the same year, ooh, God accelerated the seed. Watch this. In the same year, a hundredfold. Let me give you number two. Watch this. Your seed is a door slammer. <laughs> Listen, your seed is a door slammer because here's what I, your seed shuts off generational curses. Y'all need to hear this today. Listen, don't take lightly what I'm speaking to you today. The Bible says, then he Sowed. And here's what I want you to see, because if you'll follow the lineage of, of, of Isaac, never again did that line, generational curse, show up in his family line. I'm telling you, you know why? Because he planted a seed. Listen, because a seed is a door slammer. Listen, if you're, if you're struggling with a generational curse, today is your day to slam the door 
on generational curses. Well, Pastor, you don't understand dad, and it just runs in my family. It don't have to. Listen, it don't have to. You can stop it. It can be a door slammer even today. Let me give you the third thing. The third thing is I got about eight of these. Watch this. Seed is a declaration of your trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all need to hear that. Watch this. My seed is a picture of my passion. Listen, my seed is a picture of my obedience. Listen, your seed is a picture of your faith. Your seed is a picture of your trust. Your seed is a picture of your expectation. Listen, you don't plant without the expectation of it growing, right? No, no farmer is going to go out there and spend all the time telling Mr. John, you ain't going to spend all that time planting that seed and not expect a harvest. Listen, it is a picture of your expectation. It is a picture of what you are believing God for. Let me give you number four. Watch this. Seed. Oh, I like this one. Watch. Seed is a conversation. Y'all do know God loves a conversation. Listen, God loved conversation so much he called himself the word. I'm just saying he, he loved conversation. And your seed is, is conversation. Your seed speaks to God when you don't have a word to say. Your seed speaks. Listen, your seed will speak when you don't know what to say. Listen, your seed will speak. It is conversation to God. Let me give you number five. Y'all don't like, y'all Y'all want prosperity preaching. I'm going to give it to you. i got to show you how to do it. Watch this. Seed number five. Watch this. Seed has to be planted. Listen, God is not going to reach down and snatch the seed at your hand. <laughs> no, no. Seed has to be, it has to be planted. Listen, you got to be willing to plant the seed. I thought about seed at Walmart. They're probably putting it out about right now. Guess what? It ain't going to do a thing just sitting in Walmart. Somebody's got to take it, take it in their hand, put it in the ground, and then wait for the harvest. Your seed has to be planted. Watch this. Number six. Your seed comes from your heart, not from your wallet. Listen, your seed comes from your heart. Your seed comes from your heart. Not from your wallet. Listen, I, I say it all the time. If God can get, get your heart right, your wallet will get right. Come on, somebody. Just keeping it real. Preach, Pastor. God loves a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's not about your, your wallet. It's about your heart. Listen, if you don't trust God into giving, it's not a wallet problem. Go to the next one, Pastor. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, it's not a wallet problem. I mean, it's not a seed. It's not a, it's not a wallet problem. It's a heart. It's a heart issue. And if God can get your heart right, he'll get your wallet right. Number seven, watch this. Uncommon obedience tied to an uncommon seed yields an uncommon harvest. Always. Listen, always. Look at verse number 12. Let me read to you. And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year. And see, you got to understand, because see, their famine was attached to the ground. Listen, the, the reason they were in a famine is nothing was growing and, and nobody was prospering and, and food was scarce. It was, it was all based on the, the seed. But watch what, watch what he is. Guess what? Isaac said, guess what? I'm going to sow anyway. Verse number 12 says, And Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year. Everybody like, whoa, hold up, Isaac. We're in a famine. You're not supposed to be reaping anything. And I was like, yeah, but look, I reaped a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and gained more and more 
until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants so that the Philistines envied him. Do y'all get an understanding of that? Listen, do you get an understanding that, that God can take what you'll trust him with right now? God can take that. Watch this. This is the last thing your seed does. Your seed will make your enemy jealous. Listen, God can take the seed that you give and God can bless it into a manner. God can bless it. Some, God can bless it in a year that blessings ain't supposed to be flowing. He blessed it a hundredfold to the Philistines looked and said, whoa, time out. What's going on with, with Isaac? Go ahead and stand all over the house that every head bowed and every eye closed today. An uncommon obedience. Uncommon obedience tied to an uncommon seed always yields an uncommon harvest. Listen, I tell you, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not here preaching something I don't practice. But I believe it. I trust God. But let's first deal with those today that, listen, you're in the middle of a situation right now and you've been begging God to get you out and God sent you this way to hear this word today. But you got to wait on God. Listen, don't rush God. Wait. Wait on, wait on God. Listen, stay obedient. Stay on the word. Stay giving. Listen, stay doing the right thing. Because I'm telling you, that's the time that any will attack. So, you, know, you know, the God that you're waiting on, he's not listening and he doesn't hear you. And he's not going to fix your situation. The devil is a lie. Listen, the devil is a lie. God said, wait. He told Isaac, you're going to stay here. You stayed a long time. I know, listen, I know because it's something I don't enjoy and that's waiting. And it will cause a battle between your flesh and your faith. And today I want to tell you to trust your faith over your flesh. Listen, you may be watching my iCampus today and you needed that word that you got to trust your faith over your flesh. That you got to trust your God over your circumstance that you're in right now. Listen, we save giving to the very end today because we want to give you the opportunity to sow a seed with the expectation of a harvest. Listen, I'm telling you, because a lot of times we give and we, it just becomes mundane. And listen, that's why I always say worship the Lord with your giving. Lord, thank the Lord. Listen, I'm telling you, when I give and then the next week I think about just how good God's been, I give again because I thank Him and I worship Him for His goodness that even in a famine, we can still prosper. And our enemies can be jealous. Enemies can envy what God is doing in our life. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we pray that it is seed. And it's been sown on good ground. And God, it's going to bring forth a harvest that, that you would desire. We thank you for your word. God, I pray it's a word of encouragement. God, I pray right now for that one that their script has took a dip. God, I pray right now that, God, you just quicken into their spirit that, God, it's an opportunity for you to show off. God, it's an opportunity for, for us to look unto the hills which come with our help because our help comes from, from you. And so, God, we trust you. God, I pray right now, God, because it's not easy feel like our story's taking a turn. And so, God, I pray right now for those that 
feel like they're in a bad chapter of their life. feel like they're in a never-ending story. God, I pray for an encouragement over them in their home that, God, they realize that you're up to something good. God, that you can work together all things for our good according to your purpose to those that love you. And we thank you for it. And God, you bless those that will give today. God, you bless this time of giving, this time of offering. In Jesus' name, you come.